Welcome to another episode of Culture Score. I am not homeless, just houseless. It is not the same, right? I am your host, Ben, and... I am your host, Marcus. Culture Score is a podcast at the intersection of Black culture and popular culture. We cover film, TV, and music. Today, we're covering Nomadland. We made a conscious decision today to bring you a movie that is all about strong female leads, a great story, and nominated for numerous awards. We ask, like we always do on Culture Score, for our listeners to be allies and advocates. This is Women's History Month. And we are about all voices and differing points of view, as is always the case. We tell you who did the movie today. Um, Normal Land was brought to you by Hulu slash Disney. The director and screenplay was done by Chloe Zhao, female, based on a book written by Jessica Bruder, female. And the lead is Frances McDormand, another female. Women's History Month, choose to challenge. Marcus, hit him with the synopsis. Well, this is a movie um, where the main character is Fern. And uh, Fern has recently uh, lost her husband. Her husband has passed away. And as, as if that's not hard enough, um, the town is rocked by the Great Recession of 2011. And once this happens, all the work in the town just completely goes away. So her life just comes into complete shambles. And rather than sit there and just take with what the world wants to hand to her, she decides she's going to get up. And she's going to travel and drive across the country and explore life, meet new people, and just not be a victim. And I think this is a film, just kind of jumping into it a little bit here. This is a film that is not Hollywood. This is old school Hollywood storytelling. So for some people, this film might seem a little slow and it might even seem boring, but it's, it's really poignant in a very simplistic way. The acting is strong. The writing is strong. The scenery is beautiful, and it, it plays as, it's, as if it's another character. So just a really, really different kind of film than what you normally see. But at the same time, this seems like the type of movie that is made for award season. And uh, as Ben just alluded to, it is getting plenty of those. So that's the basis of what this film is about. Uh, ben, let's jump right into it. Yes, sir. So, Marcus, I'm going to ask you this since you... Um, I know if you watched it multiple times. So does this movie make you feel um, this sentiment of America taking better care of big business as opposed to taking care of people? Because this is like a central theme of the movie, right? So what's your feeling about that? Yeah, you know, well, we were all here in 2011 and we saw just, just how much the economy was rocked. And I was born in 2012, man. What are you doing? <laughs> wow, you're 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 very advanced for a 10 year old, <laughs> to for a nine year old. Like, <laughs> got Doogie Howser on the I line. I try, I try. I got, <laughs> I got facial hair right out of the womb. <laughs> you must be rich blooded, um, you know. But no, I I I think that's one of the things that I think, like you said, is a central theme to this film. Is just how much we are aligned with what we do. And when you lose your paycheck, America is a complete antithesis of the greatest place on earth. Because if you don't have any money, 
sometimes it can seem as if America turns its back on you. And this is a, a female, a strong female character that just decides that I'm not going to sit here and be pitied, you know, by American society. I'm going to take the bull by the horns and I'm going to live my life the way I choose to live it. You know, in this country, I think we've seen it. We've bailed out banks. We've bailed out automotive industry. And it's like, they're too big to fail. But you never hear anyone say that the people are too important to fail. Um, we can see what's happening in this country right now with uh, what's ha- what has happened since COVID-19 began. How many people right now in this country uh, are struggling to just stay in their homes or keep their apartment? And you never hear typically the government say, hey, we care too much about you to let you be homeless. But yet we've come up with a moniker that companies can be too big to fail. And I feel like that's, that's, this movie really delves in the, into that issue without being preachy. And, and it's just like, yeah, so I th- that's, the, yeah, that's what I think about that. No, so I, I agree with you, Marcus. Like, to me, absolutely. It, the movie really touches on that in a very sympathetic way, you know, without, you know, being on the platform and trying to preach to you. But, you know, it also brings to the front this whole concept of, you know, individualism where, you know, it's almost like regular people accept, and that's me included, that, you know, we have a right or an affinity, let me not call it right, there's an affinity to support businesses and prop them up and keep them afloat because they provide jobs and help communities and all of those things, right? But on the flip side, these businesses are made up by the workers, you know, they're, they're, they're made up by people, right? It's not like these businesses exist in isolation by themselves. And so when the businesses are vibrant and they go off and do their own thing, nobody really caters to the sorrow that is left behind, like the, the, the shattered dreams and, you know, the lack of money. And nobody talks about, you know, this whole concept of, the individual having to fight for themselves, right? And just this rugged individualism and, you know, the capitalism. I, I talk about capitalism like I don't like it. I actually like it. But but you almost, the movie, the movie touches you in a way that allows you to observe this and see it play out over an American, very colorful, beautiful landscape yet it doesn't preach to you. It's a very quiet movie. It's very well written. It touches. To me, it visits the emotions that people go through when they are dealing with downward spiraling things, right? And, you know, it doesn't go back. It doesn't fight with anybody. It just visits with the people that it needs to visit with. It visits with the emotions that it needs to visit with. And really, if you have time to sit and quietly watch it, it 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 does a great job of transmit of you know of transmitting the feelings um, that you can get from having that kind of an experience. That that's how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I really agree with you on that. You know, this is this is a film that if you are a fan of an artistic film where it's not big, it's not showy, it's not glitzy. But it really is, like I said, it's poignant. It's it's a a well crafted, slow storytelling um, of a person's journey, and someone who has decided that they don't want to participate participate or play in this rigged system of have and have nots. And she just doesn't want to sit here and be a victim. She wants to be free and live her life on her terms. 
and she is unapologetic for it. And there's something to be said about that. You know, I, th- I think that's something, I don't know if this movie would have resonated as strongly if it was a male planning it. I think the way she Absolutely. played it with a, with a quiet strength, um, yeah. you know, which I've had a lot of very strong women in my, my life. I've learned one thing. When a woman decides she's going to do something, she is undeterred, <laughs> undeterred. And I feel like that's what this woman shows. It is a quiet, stealthy strength. But so I, I was going to ask suggests- you, Marcus, not to cut you off. I was going to ask you no, no, about the quote, but, but you said something that also came across in the movie where she's very soft and she's very on task. But then she has this moment where she's like, you know, I'm quiet. I'm powerful. There's a beauty in me. There's a care in me. But don't mess with me. Like, there's an instance in the movie where, like, she's just like a wolverine. She was like, if your hands come across, <laughs> I will chop it off. Yeah. I, you know what? I've, I re- I'm reminded of, you know, my mom telling me back in the day, be real careful with quiet people. <laughs> be real careful. <laughs> and so, and I, <laughs> and I feel like I, that's her. Like, she's someone who she is beyond kind and she's sweet and she's giving but there's this underlying vibe you get from her that she is not one to be messed with and for anyone who chooses to live a nomadic life living in a van traveling by themselves especially being a woman and that is not sexist that is kudos because women have to deal with so many more fears and frets than men would ever even consider to be that type of person where i'm going to travel in a van by myself you know, she didn't even know how to handle a flat tire. There is a will and a drive to this person. So uh, she she definitely refuses to be a victim of her circumstances, right? But there's something that she said. I actually started in the intro. I, I mentioned it because it was very powerful to me. You know, where somebody asked her if she was homeless. And she said, I am not homeless. I'm just house houseless. It is not the same, right? So I think that was a very pivotal description in the movie. And I was just wondering what, like, what did you take from that? You know, that's a good question too, because, you know, we kind of talked about this offline. Like, is, is, is she striving for freedom or is she a victim of circumstances? I think sometimes it can be both. You know, sometimes your circumstances forces you into a situation. And then once that situation comes, you're happy that that situation came about. And what I mean by that is, did she want to lose her husband? Clearly, no. Did she want to lose her job and want her town to be decimated by loss of industry? No. But I think she had lost so much that she was trying to find herself again. And again, she didn't want to play in this rigged system of, you know, just sitting here waiting around for an opportunity to come. She's like, I'm going to live my life the way I deem necessary. Um, that's a really pivotal scene where you see her doing seasonal work at an Amazon factory. She's decided that she's not afraid. She has no pride. She's not an egotistical person. She knows that she can go out there. She has a willingness to work, roll her sleeves up, and she'll do whatever she has to do to provide for herself, but she's going to do it on her terms. So to me, like, I don't get this as a woman that's a victim. This is a woman who has dealt a bad hand, and she's like, I'm going to make lemonade out of lemons. And then she realized she preferred the taste of that lemonade. And that's, that's how I see it. Innovation, the mother of invention. That <laughs> yeah. concept. <laughs> yeah. no, so I mean, really, that's true. That part to me, and, and also the fact that when she said that, one of the things that occurred to me almost immediately was that 
you know where they say the ho- you know home is where the heart is. And so when she said, "I am," you know, what did she say again? I am not homeless. I am houseless. I started thinking to myself, like, okay, well, if home is where the heart is, and if whoever's alive, you have a beating heart, right? So at every time, if you have a beating heart in your chest, then you have a home somewhere, right? And you think about like LA and you think about all the houseless people. So I'm not going to use homeless anymore since that movie taught me something. All the houseless people you you come across with dogs and with love and with all of that. I'm like, they probably have homes and they have comfort in things that people in big mansions don't have. Right, I think that re- that's a point that she really made because she, the the reference, the line that we're referencing came because somebody was asking her if she's homeless because she had the camper that she was driving around in, and I was like, wow, you know, the way she responded to it, you know, just made a greater point to me that w- was kind of directional to the journey, the life journey that she was on, um, the the resilience and you know the the sorrow and. I don't want to call it despair because it really wasn't, but there was, you know, there's just some sorrow in it. There's some depth in what she was going through and the journey that she was traveling. It just, just touches you in a different place and really shows you that she was going somewhere and connecting the dots as she went down the path and really not homeless per se. She didn't have a house that she went back to, but she had a home in her thoughts. She had a home in her van and, you know, so I, I thought that was very trenchant, if you ask me. When, when circumstances come your way and you got to go through some trials and tribulations, some people run from stuff and some people run to stuff. And I felt like she wasn't running from all her loss. I feel like she was running towards something. And I think for the people in the film, even her sister, who they show in the film, um, it's like, don't you want to come home? You know, you, you got a bed here. You can live with us. It's not just about having four walls and a roof over your head. I think when she embarked on this journey to live this nomadic life, I think not only did she enjoy the freedom, um, and I think you can be alone without being lonely. And I think she enjoyed the quiet. And I think when she met these fellow nomadic uh, people who, who shared that lifestyle, she enjoyed them. They were interesting. Um, they were people who lived a life that she was interested in. And I think they became her family. And, you know, you can have Absolutely. great family and you can have bad family. You get the feeling that she loves her family. But sometimes you got to love your family from afar. We all got some relatives that we need to live. We got to love them a little further than where they are. We all right. have been there. And I think that's what right. she was saying. Like, hey, I love my sister. I love my brother-in-law. I love these people. But I'm not my best self when I live in the manner in which you would have me live. That takes a and, and lot there, of... There was, this, there was this thing, Marcus, about her... You know, I, I'll use it. I'll, I'll say this in a different way. Um, the crowded roads that are less traveled, right? Because she wanted to go down this path of a personal journey. But in her journey, she found that the roads were really crowded with people that maybe were not in the exact same situation she was in because she was going through death and she was like going through this whole mourning period in her life. But they had similar circumstances that they were going through, right? Either unemployment from their jobs or not really having a family that they wanted to connect to. And, you know, instead of sitting there in this 
crowded road less traveled and thinking about her tragedy in her life, she actually morphed into a bunch of mini experiences that, in my opinion, is really representative of America. The landscape is just beautiful. The people and what they were going through, vastly different. You know, working at, you know, Amazon, which is a huge company, right? And you take that and you reference the fact that the founder of Amazon is the wealthiest guy in the world right now. So I think to me, the journey is just is very representative socially, economically, I can't say politically because we didn't see a lot of that, but socioeconomically, it's very representative of America and nature too because the landscape in the movie, like all the different places that you visited, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I'm man, like, the, scenery, the scenery in this movie is literally, if she's the main character, the scenery is the second main character. I think when you watch movies, um, they always show the big cities, the LAs, the New Yorks, you forget, one, how vast and how big the United States is. And you also forget just how gorgeous a land this is. You know, like you and I are two people who really like to travel. We've been all over the world. That's what we like to do. But I think this movie reminded me of how many places within this country I haven't seen. And, and you should actually that I pay to see. to see. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's a lot of places that when you go to, um, Grand Canyon, like you go to any of the big parks in Utah, you run into like hella Europeans that are traveling to come see these places. And you ask yourself like, well, this is like a five-hour drive from me. Like, why don't I go see these places myself? Like, why do I have to wait to travel to Utah for some other reason and then go see these places? Or Arizona, or, you know, Minnesota, or what have you. Or, I mean, we're talking about it when we're in California. And if you explore all of California, so you touch 80% of all the, the, let's just call it touristy places, right? You, you would see, you'd be exposed to a lot from Napa to San Diego and everything in between and all the beaches and all the, you know, inner city towns and inland and all the deserts and all these things. And, and it's amazing what you can find if you just spend time visiting the country and spending time. But I thought the movie did, you know, as far as characters go, um, the scenery played a big role. Like the one part where she was um, laying in the waterfall, swimming pool, natural natural swimming pool thing. My goodness, that was... It was just gorgeous, that was an ama- That was an amazing shot right This there. This film made me look at myself a little bit and think about some things. And... I think if you can watch a film, I think your goal is obviously to be entertained, but you want to walk away sometimes and be a little educated. And I'll speak from a personal experience. I know for the last year, um, I've had a couple of trips that I was super duper looking forward to. And I've complained about, you know, obviously I know COVID is here and I don't want to make Man, you should just so, stop trying to go anywhere. You yeah, I really should a, because I always get, get something happens. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> but you know what? Like, it made me realize like, you know, all your travels don't have to be on a plane and you can still be away from people. There's so many places you can just hop in your car. And what better time than now with all the, the restrictions and things going on to so just get in your car and take a road trip and go, go to Utah and go to Idaho or, you know, because some of these places, you know, I've been through, I've flown over them, I stopped at their main airports, but it's just, I cannot stress that enough. Like this film, 
it is it is beauty in its simplicity. It's like it's just it's in her toughness. There's a beauty in somebody saying, "You will not beat me up. I will do it on my own terms." And I felt like the natural scenes are just like like I said, it's a character, and it really kind of moves you in a unexpected way. And to add to that, the fact that they didn't they used a lot of regular people, non actors, in a lot of roles for the movie. It really adds to, it authenticates it. Well, I mean, it doesn't change much because you're looking at it from the same screen and the same point of view. But when you embrace the fact that these were people just living their lives, that they were, you know, they, they were filmed doing what they do on the regular and they just had a few actors and, you know, the DP and the director and all of these other folks come in. It was like, okay, this is actually great because it's representative of, um, you know, what life is. One thing, there's a concept that came up in the movie that I wanted to ask you about where they talked about, you know, goodbye versus see you later or see you down the road. I I know this is a conversation that's been had in a lot of living rooms. What did that do to you? Uh, Man, that's that's a tough one. You know, um, you know me pretty well. So, you know, I've lost some really close people in my life over the last however many years. And I think there's something comforting to know that if you believe in certain things that you'll see them again. And for the people that are still with you that haven't left and who haven't passed away, you know, we both been to college and some of your best friends you ever met and you're so close to them. But then when you leave college, you don't see them that much no more. You know, you live your life, you get a job, you move to the other side of the country. Maybe you have kids, you get married, maybe you're in the service, just, you know, somewhere overseas. I think it's really important. Um, And I think this movie also really exemplifies as well. If somebody means something to you, tell them why they're here. Let people know. Again, I don't want to go down this tangent, but with all that's going on in this world with COVID, this movie really kind of makes, brings it home for you. Like if you meet someone and they mean a lot to you, tell them. If you know, if you got to go on your own path, it doesn't mean that it's forever. It means like, hey, we'll reconnect. You know, I just talked to, after all these years, um, my old college roommate and two of my closest friends from college, we hadn't seen each other. Two of the three of us, well, two of the four of us hadn't seen each other in 15 years. And we had a Zoom call Sunday. And man, it was like no time had passed. And that is really like my you know, don't say goodbye. I'll see you later. It's like nothing changed. And then I had to stop and ask myself, no matter how busy we are, how much effort did it take for us to spend this uh, two hours on a Zoom call? And it did something, it it really did something for my soul. Like it was better than any chicken soup I could have had. You know, it's just really nice to reconnect. And I think, you know, with all the technology that's going on and Americans, we're highly overworked we're one of the most overworking, you know, first world countries for whatever that means. And there is people just work so much. And then when you're not working, you're spending time on, on, on television or social media and doing all these things. But what's the point in having a life if you don't connect to people? Because that's what makes it worth it. So, yeah, I'm a big fan and a big believer in that whole the whole ideology behind uh, see you later and not saying goodbye. I mean, what, what was what was your thoughts about it? Like, what it, what resonated with you? No, I mean, it was it was just spiritual, right? It's there's a spiritual component to it, especially when you think about the folks that you've lost that have moved on. There's there's that spiritual component to it, which is you know, if you believe in the afterlife and you believe that you know you'll meet them, um, then you don't need to worry about that because you see them down the road, right? But I mean, the other aspect to it is of um, 
you know, what you said, just reconnecting with people and having a moment to say, hey, you know, long time, how are you doing? And actually listen, like, because lots of time we're like, hey, what's up? And by the time they say what's up, you're gone. You just say it out of routine, right? So to me, that was really, but again, it, it, it just fit. And these are the aspects of the writing and the putting together of the story that just put together the right pieces to, to kind of codify that sentiment of what the movie is about. So um, similar to me, but I thought, you know, just like the houseless and the homeless, I'm not homeless, I'm houseless. It's not goodbye. It's see you later, see you down the road. I thought this was just like some life, some intimate and personal life lessons or, or aspects of life that you really want to sit and visit with that you don't visit with when you watch this highbrow, high VFX movies that have bombs and cars flying over bridges and things like that. So um, one more question. I, this is not a question. I know this show, Culture Score, um, like we do in the introduction, we really look at Black culture at the intersection of pop culture. And we want to point out things that we see in movies that are influenced by culture or sometimes that are missed, right? It doesn't mean we always need to tie a movie. A movie is a movie. A story is a story. It's not always going to be about Black culture. But in this case, you know, when Marcus and I had this conversation um, offline, we thought it would be good to point out a cultural moment, which, you know, if, if you're, you work for a studio or you write stories or you're in a room where you can ask for representation or ask for people to have different points of view or to invite other people to the table, we thought kind of pointing out a cultural moment, not necessarily saying this is something that takes away from what this movie is about, but pointing it out so when you're in that room, you know, for any of our listeners, when you're in that room or in that situation, we hope this is a this is something that can tickle your brain a little bit to say, oh, maybe I should ask this question. So, Marcus, I'll let you um talk about the culture. I'm we don't we we don't need to sit on this too much. I'll let you yeah, talk yeah, that no. we can just die to the score. Well, you know, when you talk about freedom, <laughs> that's a loaded word. And it's a loaded word specifically in this country. And one of the things, and, and you know, I'll go, I'll go ahead and kind of let a little bit of the cat out of the bag. I really appreciated this film. But at the same time, to have this woman able to have the freedom to drive freely and never have a worry uh, about what will happen if she has a flat tire or if she needs a hand and will somebody be willing to give it to her, it does kind of make you, you know, kind of cross your mind, especially with all the events that's been going on in this country and in this world, not just in the last year, but for a long time, but it's been right um, in your face this last year, would she have felt so free and so safe to do so um, if she may have been a person of color? You know, would she have felt so comfortable, like if she had a flat tire going to someone asking for help? Would she have been harassed if she slept in her van at a gas station parking lot? Would they have been cool with her staying there? Would somebody report that person to the police? These are some of the things that, you know, and I, I want to be really clear with our listeners. This is not race baiting. That is not our, our uh, intention. But it's, I think sometimes you do have to discuss the elephant in a room because especially being two uh, individuals of color, I can be honest, I love to travel. Like it is a part of my fabric. But 
would I feel comfortable getting in a car and driving thousands and thousands of miles through small towns and living in my vehicle? I don't know. I can feel pretty strongly that I would have a lot of concerns. And if a cop pulled me over and they're like, what are you doing here? I'm in some town where there's not a lot of people who look like me. I think you know. Be like, I think. Yeah, I do. I mean, you. I mean, well, I am from a small town, and I want to be clear in saying this. I don't. I'm not that person who thinks every town something's going to happen to me, or every person who doesn't look like me is out to get me. But I can say this, and so I want to be clear in what I say. If I was traveling for thousands of miles in the U.S., do I believe I have a higher probability? of having a situation than maybe Fern did in this film, Nomadland, I most assuredly do. And I think that's something that you can't just bypass. It does nothing to take away from this film. That's not their story to tell. But it did cross my mind like, wow, there's a certain freedom that she's able to have that I I simply wouldn't feel like I do. And and that's, that's the truth. But at the same time, I do recognize being a male, there are certain things that I may not have to worry about uh, that she would being a female. But the race is a major thing because I do feel like there will be a higher probability of me being harassed at some point in time on my journey. You know, yeah. and I feel like that's the elephant in the room. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, again, this is not, we're not taking anything from the movie, but we want to provide an opportunity for the listeners to think about it differently and try as hard as you can, as impossible as it is to walk a mile in somebody else's shoe. And if Marcus talked about the race aspect of it, but also talked about the male and female aspect of it, there's an aspect of transgenders and, you know, sexuality that all kinds of loaded things that when you're not in a particular situation, you take for granted, but that taking it for granted is a privilege that sometimes we have and other times we don't. But I think it's it's a collective responsibility is that when we're in these situations, we ask questions or when we're not and we see somebody else in the situation, we can be empathetic to the journey that they're on or the struggle that they have. So with that, Marcus, let's jump to the score. Uh, what would you score this movie on five? Well, this is a quiet performance. This is not a, a, a film that has a ton of dialogue. You will see far glitzier performances. Um, you will see people with more over-the-top performances. But this is just a quiet, stellar performance. And the film, in my opinion, is written beautifully. I think the scenery, I cannot stress that enough, is amazing. I'm going to give this film a four out of five. I really, 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 really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the pace, but sometimes it was a little slow. Sometimes. But after you get done watching it, it kind of lulls you in. And I think that's the purpose of it. And I, and so I, I really, I encourage people to, this is not the kind of film that's a big tentpole movie that people run to see. But if you're a person and you are a cinephile, you're a person who loves movies, like you're a cinema person, watch this movie. I think it's a masterclass. And, and the fact that the majority of the characters in this film are not actors. That's really amazing because never once do I feel like, wow, they, that wasn't a good scene because that person couldn't act. It's just very thoughtfully put together. And to have a film that it stars a woman, that is produced and written and directed by a woman, it, it's just, it, you don't get to see that every day. And I think you need to appreciate that craft and appreciate that, that story, especially being a man. You don't always see it from that point of view. It's a, it's a, it's, it has a sensitivity to this film 
without being sensitive. So I do recommend it, but I, I rate it a four out of five. So um, to you, Ben, what's, what's your score? So I'll give it a 3.5. And um, so combined score, what, 3.75? But I'll tell you why I give it a 3.5. It's really a movie that I'd recommend for folks to watch. And if I didn't spend my time watching movies because I have to watch them and because I enjoy watching them, you know, in this case, I'd probably say, ah, it's one of these movies that's done for the award, right? But it's art, it's culture, it's life, and it's really a portrait of how people live and the layers of America, right? It, it doesn't bite you. It's not pretentious. It doesn't manipulate you, but it's definitely a piece of work that I think deserves, you know, when you're done watching, you know, all the highbrow movie, theater, big banging movies, this is definitely one that you spend some time on watch it alone. Or if you must, you can watch it with somebody that you can have a deep conversation with. So I give it a 3.5, but it's a great uh, movie. And if I had other examples to compare it to that I thought were apples to apples, Maybe I'd give it more. Um, but in this case, because it's in isolation, I give it a 3.5, and um, that's where we are. All right. Well, hey, we hope everyone enjoyed the show. And I just want to say, which uh, just kind of give you something to think about, because this is a, a fairly deep film. If there's somebody out there that you haven't reached out to, called, email, especially with, with all that's been going on in the world the last year, take a moment reach out to them, just say, hey, I didn't want anything. I just want to see how you're doing. You know, there's a lot of people. I've had friends and family, you know, people who are not having an easy time. Maybe they live alone or they, they may have had COVID and you don't even know it because you haven't spoken to them so long. It's nothing better than getting a call or email from someone who's not asking for anything. They just want to know how you're doing. So I'm sure everyone out there has that one person or that two people that you're always thinking of and you just never have time to reach out to. Um, and with it being Women's History Month, if it's a mother, a sister, an old college friend, especially, you know, this, you know, think of them. That, that's really important. And so, yeah, I hope that that resonates with someone out there. But um, in the meantime, Ben, I'll let you close this out. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for vibing with us today. Um, Culture Score, Marcus and Ben, until next time. Thank you for being with us. Peace out. Take care, everybody.